Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can in turn inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I'm your running host, Dean Thompson. Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis is here once again to share his heart with us on the Run for God Run Club podcast. Thanks for having me, Dean. Man, it was great having Harmony here last week, wasn't it? You know, she's probably one of my favorite young people. Yeah. Um, I've known Harmony since she was just a little bitty girl. And uh, the the idea of her joining the cross-country team a few years ago just really excited me because, like we said in the podcast, her grandfather was an integral part of, of Run for God before he passed away. And, uh, yeah, she's just she's a breath of fresh air, isn't she? She really is. She really is. She just walks in. just The whole room brightens up. Yeah. When she yeah, yesterday in. she showed up to practice, and she's got that loud, ha, ah, yeah. you know, just you can't help but smile when she walks into the room or walks up to practice or – yeah, she's a great asset to the to our team. Absolutely. So if you haven't listened to last week's podcast where we talked with Harmony right here in this studio, you need to go back and check that out because that was uh, an interesting and enlightening thing. It was. Yeah, yeah. So the cat's out of the bag. As of the time this is being broadcast, uh, yesterday or the day before, um, the video was released of you doing something pretty special. Why don't you... And for those who haven't seen the video, why don't you go ahead and tell them what you did? Well, I've had a goal for a couple of years, and I kind of talk about it in there, that uh, I had a, I've got a big mouth. And so... Uh, <laughs> I'll I, amen that. I, <laughs> I have been saying for a couple of years that I, what I wanted to be able to do was to run a sub-five-minute mile 40 years after my first sub-five-minute mile, which happened in May of 1980. And so uh, this past week, we decided that it was time to try it. And, and you've been talking about it for a while. I have. Yeah. Like I said, probably two years. Yeah. And I had a friend that did it two years ago. Yeah. Um, only he he was more, what he did was more special than what I did. He actually ran a sub five minute mile every year for 40 years. Um, his 41st year, he, he couldn't do it. So uh, Now, that, I remember you telling me that, but do you not think that's something, I know you didn't try it for all 40 years. Well, you kind of got away from running for a little bit, didn't you? I did. At one point, yeah. I did. There were there was a time when I wasn't in good enough shape right. to have run yeah. a sub-5. I was thinking you could have done it. It's possible. Yeah. It is possible because I, I always ran some. Right. So it is possible, and it would have been a lot easier in my 30s yeah. to run a sub-5-minute mile than it is now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway, it felt pretty good to be able to do it. Um it was great. I tell you what was so special to me was having so many. You know, we mentioned it at, at the high school practice and the college practice. Right. I honestly felt like there might be a few that show up, but we had, I don't know, there were 13, 15 kids out there, Yeah, all spaced around the track. It made my life easy trying to get video because I just basically said, everybody yeah. grab your phone, space out around the track, and let's video this thing. We're either going to we're either going to celebrate it or we're going to have a crash and burn. So we want either way. We want to get it on video. Uh, uh, but yeah, you killed it. I mean, you you just uh, and you you didn't just barely do it. Well, that was what surprised me the most because yeah. I really thought it was going to be really painful going in that last lap and it was going to be hard. The first two hundred, 
I forget what your first 200 was, but it was fast. It was fast. And I was, I was cringing. And, uh, but yeah, y'all, y'all just, you cruise right along. Settle back down. That's a, you know, it's a good lesson for people. And I actually talked with, uh, Lane a little bit afterwards mm-hmm. about that, about the fact that we went out too fast. Cause my first 200 meters were actually 209 meters. And, um, it was, we, I wanted to run that in 37, which would have been about a second and a half faster than the pace I mm-hmm. wanted to run. Um, and we were at 35. So I was mm. three and a half seconds faster than one, than the pace I needed to be in the first half a lap. And a lot of times as runners, we hear those splits or we look and we see those splits and we get discouraged mm-hmm. because we missed the mark. And in this case, I remember looking down and being very calm and just looking down and going, that's all right. I'm st- I feel good. I feel mm-hmm. okay. I, there's nothing wrong. Um, yeah, I'm going to pay for it a little bit, but that's okay because I feel good. And so many people will come to that first mile of a 5K, and maybe they're trying to hit seven minutes for that first mile of the 5K, and they go and they hit 640, and they freak out mm-hmm. instead of going, you know what? Yeah, it's too fast, but I, I feel okay. Yeah. Um, it's a good lesson for everybody out there. If you're, if you're thinking and you, you, you just go out a little too fast, then take stock of how you actually feel. Yeah, I think that's why – I mean, I've never been in sub five minute shape, but I think that's why it's so important to race more than some people race because you learn that in a race setting or in a or in a high stakes setting like you were in, that you know, a lot of times we won't we'll ask the kids not to wear their watches, especially those who, who do have that freak out moment when they get to mile one and they're twenty seconds faster than what they thought. Their natural tendency is to back it down. Mm-hmm. But too many times we discount what a race scenario or a high stakes scenario does for you. I mean, you, you feel better, you're you're performing better because there is that, that crowd of people watching you. Adrenaline's pumping a little bit more sometimes, and so yeah. I mean, I I just I thought it was incredible. For for those of you who don't know, I I don't think we've actually said it clear. Dean has now done a sub five minute mile forty years. Part. So the first time you did it, you were how old? I was 15. 14, 15? Yeah. And then you've done it now, and you're how old now? 54. 54. I guess I would have been 14. I was 14. Yeah, when you were I did 14 when time. you did it the first yep, time. That's right. And um, Lane, my son, got the opportunity to, to pace with you. So I guess the question I've got, I know what you were saying, and I know what Lane and I thought. Lane and I absolutely thought you could do it. But in your heart of hearts, what were you thinking when you got to the track? I thought I could do it. Yeah. I, I did think I could do it. I thought it would be harder. Now, I ran hard, but I guess when I say it, I thought it would be harder, I thought I would run 458, 459, barely make it, and it would have been that hard. But uh, being able to run 453 was a, was a blessing. That's actually the fastest I've run since I was 47, so in seven years. Wow. So um, that felt really good. And I'll tell you this, for folks out there that listen to this podcast on a regular basis, I'm telling you what I give part of the credit to. I give part of the credit to Spider and mm. his diet because I have changed my diet and I have lost 13 pounds. Not, it's not a bad 13 pounds either. I know I'm 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 already thin and, and all of that stuff and but but I feel better mm-hmm. and I felt that difference. Um, I didn't feel sluggish at all and so I, I I'm a big believer at this point. Well, it was fun to watch. So if you haven't seen it. Uh, you can go to our uh, YouTube page. You can go to the Run for God Run Club page. We're actually going to make that video public 
so anybody can watch it and we'll be posting it on the run for god page and and the uh or it's actually already posted on the run for god page um and we'll be sending it out as an email but it's it's pretty encouraging um for all you people out there that say i'm too old to do this or that well dean's now in the old man club at least that's what i say <laughs> and uh he's still doing things that i i can't even think about doing uh and and don't even think about doing so great job dean well i appreciate it and i'm I, i'm just i'm grateful to god that he allows me to keep doing yeah. what i do because i love to do it and it's it's a lot of fun although it hurts and that video <laughs> shows it at the end um it it it's yeah still... the very last part of the video is the best part when yeah. you see dean in agony <laughs> And, uh, uh, but that is a it's a joyful thing to be able to do that. And I'll tell you what else I did. I went on this Masters Miler Facebook page that I'm, a, I'm part of this group. And um, there are several other guys in this country that have done it 40 years apart. I found one guy that did it 43 and a half years apart. So, so you just uh, need to do it four more years so and, I need and you'll to, have the record. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. So. So let's take a break. Uh, as always, we are sponsored by J Radio, and uh, J Radio had its launch, its official launch, on September the 1st, and uh, we have submitted playlists. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may or may not be up by the time that, that this airs, but... We're going to have a Run For God channel. We're going to have a Run For God channel. Um, I have given them my playlist. I'm Lane's, working on mine. Lane's playlist is already up on there. Yeah. Holly's uh, doing one. Gay's doing one. We're gonna have uh yeah we're gonna have some run for God. It's gonna playlists. be fun to see the variety there. Yes, it is. Because mine may may just wig everybody out. It might. It I'm might. getting creative with mine, which, which is cool. <laughs> I've got a couple of really throwback songs that I submitted that I don't even know if they'll be able to find. So uh, mm. for you know back stuff like back in the '80s, like some DC uh, talk and uh, some probably, Petra. Uh, yeah, see, I, yeah, they will Al Denson. A, yeah, they'll have a hard time finding all yep, that. Yep, yep. Uh, but it's mostly more more current stuff. Yeah. So, uh, well, good. so yeah, check that out. You get up early before the kids for your morning workout. Spend some time studying or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Whatever the moment, J Radio has you covered. Get your account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. As always, you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com. If you have a question, you have a concern, you want to hear something special, there's a topic you want to hear us cover. Anything at all, runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com um, is a place for you to go to find out more about Run For God and what we do. So I was on the Facebook page, the Facebook group, the Run Club group. Have you seen what's being talked about on there, about you and I and the podcast? And, you know, we're always pretty self-conscious about we, we try to hit this thing at one hour. Yeah. Well, there's people saying that it's too short. It doesn't fill up their long run. I'm amazed. I am too, because I thought an hour of listening to me and you is is plenty enough for me <laughs> and my family. They, they'll tell me that, <laughs> but they want more podcast and they want them to be longer. They said they it doesn't even fill up their run. So we got a lot of people running over an hour, which is which awesome, is great. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, tell us tell us what you think. Yeah. You know, send us messages. Um, you know, I I can always Dean and I can sit and argue and debate all day long. 
we do it for an hour on the car ride coming up here every time. So, um, yeah, tell us what you think. That's 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 great to hear that you guys enjoy it, that, that the people listening enjoy it. Um, I've said before, I enjoy going back and listening to these podcasts because I think we have a great mix. You know, you and I banner back and forth. We talk about running, which is it's the run club. But we also get into the spiritual talks, and, and that always leads to places that we don't even see coming. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys. I mean, that's that's very flattering to hear that, that you like it that much, and uh, we'll, we'll keep trying to do what we're doing. It absolutely is flattering, and um, we so much appreciate your support and supporting us and, and what we do. Because, you know, the truth is is that um, we really enjoy doing it, too. It's, we do. It's, it's really a lot of fun. Lot of fun. It, it is a lot of fun, and so uh, it's fun to be able to do something um, that you enjoy doing that shares Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just what what more could we ask for? Yeah, so absolutely. blessed. Hey, don't forget that we'd love to hear your story, and you can always send those through the runforgod dot com, runforgodrunclub dot com, or through uh, or directly to me at dean at runforgod dot com. We'd love to hear your story. If you're a Run Club member, you go to the head of the line. Um, this week's story. I thought I had already shared this story once before. You knew you had heard it. I knew I had heard it. I was positive <laughs> I had heard it, and I thought I had a couple of other weird things going on. With I had created kind of a script for a podcast at one point in time that included an, the second story we're going to talk about today. Right, and um, we never used it. Some I don't know what happened there. Got been been a couple of months ago. Uh, so anyway, but then what? you reminded me of is that this story is in the 5k challenge yeah it's week five it's week five of the 5k challenge and if it made the cut for the 5k challenge which is our flagship study you know it's a great story gotta be and it comes from an incredible lady yes yes linda Knoll from wapapello missouri that's a mouthful i love that i love (laughs) i want to live there just just to say it often um but Linda, longtime Run for God supporter, Run Club member, Run instructor, coach. She's she's been around she's for a long. She's eat time. up with Run for God. She is, and um, what a great! She posts stuff on Facebook all the time. It's just, uh, I just some great stuff. Yeah, I mean, Linda is. Does Linda say in here? I hold she is. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> but Linda started running late in life. Yeah. And she has run a lot. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm admiring her for, for some of the stuff she's done. I, I hope that I can do uh, once I'm her age. But, uh, yeah, and I love the title. Yeah. The hurrier I go, the behinder I get is the name of the story. Sympathize with that. Which is attributed to Lewis Carroll and supposedly the white rabbit of Alice in Wonderland. And I don't want to create any controversy here or anything, but... My understanding is is that the white rabbit never said this, mm. but he's it's attributed to the white rabbit, and so I'm not sure all the details about all of that. But it's interesting because I have no idea who the white rabbit is in Alice in Wonderland. Never seen it. So if you if you and if you Google this quote, you'll have one thing after another that attributes it to Lewis Carroll. So it's interesting because we've heard other quotes that are attributed, attributed to somebody people, that yeah. that uh, were because it's on the internet. We we believe it. That's you know? right. Wasn't it Abraham Lincoln that said everything on the internet is true? That's right. I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's Linda's story. When three of my Run for God graduates ran their first 5K this past year, their excitement ran high as they took their places at the starting line. 
This was the culmination of 12 weeks of training for their very first 5K, and they were ready to run. When the gun went off, they stayed together for the first mile. At mile two, they were still within sight of each other, but when they hit mile three, that was no longer the case. As they crossed the finish line, all at different times, you could see the smiles on their faces, proud that they had accomplished their goal of running their very first 5K. Later, one of the participants who fell behind the others said to me, It seemed like I was going so fast, and up ahead, you all looked like you were moving in slow motion. I thought, I can surely catch up, but instead, the, instead, the faster I tried to go, the further you all moved ahead until I could no longer see any of you anymore. It was clear that she felt disappointment in not being able to keep up with her fellow Run for God classmates. I could relate to her statement because I, too, have started a race with the intention of keeping up with another runner or at least keeping that person in my view. At some point, though, I usually lost sight of them and didn't see them again until the end of the race. In life, we do the same thing. We try to keep up. But who and what we are trying to keep up with, who and what are we trying to keep up with? Are we trying to keep up appearances? We all want to present our best self to others, right? Are we trying to keep up with some ideal of perfection and afraid we'll look bad if we end up at the back of the pack? Or are we trying to keep up a lifestyle that consumes all of our time and energy so that we can have material possessions? The danger in playing the keep up game is that as soon as we fall behind, we begin to feel frustrated and deflated. We begin to wonder, what's wrong with me? Why can't I keep up? But maybe our perspective is a little skewed. To my Run for God runner, it appeared to her that the others were moving in slow motion, making it seem as if running was much easier for her running friends up ahead. Once everyone crossed the finish line, however, and shared their stories, it was apparent that each runner was struggling to some extent to keep up his or her race pace. One's perspective does not always reflect reality. It may appear that others seem to have an easier road to travel, when in fact, that is far from the truth. During our 12-week class, participants were reminded frequently to run their own race and not compare themselves to others unless the comparison motivated and inspired them to improve. Under those circumstances, emulation can be a good thing. The downside of comparing ourselves to others is that we diminish our own successes and accomplishments, beating ourselves up to the point that we feel like utter failures sometimes. More importantly, we diminish who we are in God's eyes. Psalm 139, 13-16 reminds us that we are uniquely made. It reads, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. We should celebrate that there is no one else like us, that God uniquely designed each of us for his purpose. We should also acknowledge that without God, we can do nothing. In fact, we are blessed to simply be in the race. For future races, I encourage my class to always remember that the race is not about them. It's about God 
and running his race with grace. It doesn't matter how many cross the finish line in front of you. What matters is that you cross it, look up, and smile, thanking the one who enabled you to, to experience the journey. Proverbs four twenty five and 26 says, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thoughts to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not be distracted by faster runners. You are not called to do what everyone else is doing. You are called to live a life for God and to run your race for Him. Ever since my first 5K experience in 2003, in which I finished dead last, my mantra has been, the race is not always to the swift, but to those who keep on running. The 15 years later, God has blessed and empowered me to run 65 long-distance events, including 59 half marathons, uh, two, tw two 23Ks, two 25Ks, and two 50Ks, turning 65 years of age along the way. He has also blessed me with leading a Run for God class since 2012. Matthew 24, 13 says, But he that shall endure to the end, that same shall be saved. Just as running takes dedication and discipline, so does our relationship with God. If we remember whom we belong to and use our God-given abilities to serve and glorify Him, there is no one who can steal our joy. There is no stopping us in getting to that finish line. Wow. I think you can see why we put that in the 5K challenge. <laughs> yeah. But you know, as many times as I've read that story, I picked up on a quote that we need to attribute to Linda. I love the quote that she uses in there. She says, One's perspective does not always reflect reality. Yeah. That's a mouthful. Especially in this day and time. Yeah. I mean, because social media, a lot of times we think that that's reality, but it's not. It's anything we post on social media, for the most part, is a snapshot of the good. Yeah. Of what we want people to see. But that's not always reality. We're all train wrecks to some degree. <laughs> some more than others, pointing at me. <laughs> um, so that is, that is such good... Um, advice or that's such a great statement that you know not only do we need to take that to heart but the next generation you know they're they're growing up immersed in social media you know i always tell them it rots their brain um being on their phone rots their brain but that is the standard nowadays is is trying to keep up with the with the social media profiles but at the same point you and i were just talking about a young person yesterday who has taken to start posting a lot of scriptures and right. a lot of very, very good spiritual stuff. Absolutely. Um, so she's out there putting herself out to all of her friends and saying, this is who I am. Which is refreshing. It is. And so social media, we, we don't want everybody out there to think we're just bashing no, no, social no, media. Because no, social media has got some great, great things, too. It's just all, all in perspective. Yeah, social media is what helped grow Run for God to what it is. I'll yeah. never forget Gay Coker. The first two weeks of the very first Run for God class is... You need to get with the times and get run for God on Facebook. I didn't have Facebook at the time. I was dead against it. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, social media can be used for an incredible good. Yeah. But it can also be used um, for bad. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yep, yep. That uh, first scripture, Psalm 139, we just had that in maybe two, couple of podcasts ago. Yeah. We had that same scripture passage. So, uh, 
obviously that one is uh is is big yeah and i mean it, it you know it just the the fearfully and wonderfully made passage from psalms um and basically what david is saying there is that we're we're all made in the image of god and he's he's reiterating uh what genesis 1:27 says which is 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 where um genesis says that we're created in the image of god um so we we've always got to so many times we look at our flaws and we look at what's not good about us or what doesn't measure up to other people. And I think that's why Linda's story is so important is that no matter what we think, God said that we're made in his image. So if we're saying there's something um, flawed about us, then what is that saying about the one who made us? Yeah. Um, so we've really got to take those those two verses to heart, not only Psalms, but Genesis where I mean, it's very clear. There's no ambiguity at all. In yeah. Genesis, it says we are created in the image of God. Um, I think sometimes we miss part of this, too, because we are created in the image of God, uh, but we're also all different. Right. And so I think sometimes when we think, well, we're all created in the image of God, then we're all the same. Well, no, we're not all the same. We're crea- Being created in God's image doesn't mean we're all the same. It doesn't mean we're all robots. That's right. And... Uh, but it seems like we're often all trying to be the same. We've got to do the latest thing. You know, somebody posts something on social media, and everybody has to post that thing because, you know, it's yeah. We're, yesterday we're like was lemmings. the National Dog Day or something. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the email because Run for God didn't post a picture of a dog. And <laughs> last night I almost posted a picture of my dog Louie, which is a weenie dog, and and I didn't because you know, yeah, you're right. It's like it's the the pack mentality of one person does it and and sometimes you wonder <laughs> in today's time was it really national dog day or did somebody just do that on accident yeah and then it went viral and everybody posted it's national dog day yeah, yeah. you know nowadays you don't really know yeah i'm still <laughs> i'm waiting you know not too long i don't don't know if you follow this but in the not too distant future i think it's september the 19th Do you know what september the 19th is i have no idea it's a very important day what is it it is talk like a pirate day talk like a pirate we need to have national run for run for god day absolutely we need to create that we we will create we, that. we'll pick out a day yeah national run for god day because there's like a it. national day for everything now I, th- I, th- I saw where dave ramsey posted uh august is national make a wheel month i mean really who comes up with that <laughs> <laughs> that's a the marketing scheme. That's a marketing <laughs> scheme right there. Yeah, if I ever heard one. Proverbs four twenty five and twenty six says, "Let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet, and let all your ways be established." Does that mean I have to plan things out? Because <laughs> that's tough. You know, you you always talk about you've got to read, you got to put the verse in context. You got to read before. Yeah. And read after. Um, this verse actually is 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 Solomon preparing the reader for chapter five, which talks about the perils of adultery. And you put this verse in that context, and you see how important it is. You know, yeah. we talked here a while back about Jace on the on the Unashamed podcast. You know, he when and he the was de- young, devil horse, the devil. That was what it was. Yeah, the devil, the devil horse. horse but he he almost put blinders on yeah. when he was young because he understood the perils. Of, of of losing your focus and that yeah. can be you know it can be with the opposite sex but it can also be with your daily quiet time 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm. You can see here if if you're watching this, I've got a a daily cross out list. You know, and I write things down every day, and when I do them, I cross them out. And then at the end of the day, if I didn't cross something out, I have to write it again the next day. And eventually I get tired of writing that and I yeah. get that done. Yeah. But that keeps me focused. Yeah. And th- this, yeah, this, this scripture applies, you know, it's just, it's no different than a training plan. Yeah. A training plan is a cross-off list, basically. Yeah. It's, you go through one day. And so, yeah, you're right. You've got to have a plan. You've got to plan things out. Um, some are better at that than others. I love to plan. You don't really like to plan that much. We all know that. And uh, so that's why we work good together. Yeah, you know, yeah. you pick up my faults, I pick up your faults. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great verse, but it's, it's very, it's even better when you put it into context and you read chapter five after that of showing how important it is because we can fall into sin Yeah. when we're not focused. Not only can we just lose our way and, and get out of quiet time or our prayer time or whatever it is, but that can lead to even worse things. Yeah, and, and it's important to understand that, that planning, just like with Jace, uh, it, planning on not putting yourself in certain positions. Well, not just many, planning what you do, but what you're not going to do. Well, how many times have we talked to our athletes about the principle of visualize your race? Obviously, that's we know that that's a good thing to do is to visualize your race. But what do we tell them about the things that could happen. Go ahead and plan now mm-hmm. what you're going to do right. when that bad thing happens, when what your shoe, shoe comes, comes untied. untied. Yeah. That, that was weird. <laughs> what if your shoe comes untied? What if what if your stomach gets upset? What if somebody elbows you or trips you? Or, you know, in, the, in triathlon, we talk about what if your goggles get knocked off in the water? Mm-hmm. And we actually train for that. Yeah. You know, I don't know if anybody knows the story of Michael Phelps when he won the 200 butterfly and whatever Olympics it was. But if you go back and you watch the video, he didn't have goggles on at the finish. And his goggles had come off. And the, the sports reporters were so amazed that, how did you do that? How did, you know, because w- without goggles, you're pretty much blind. Mm-hmm. You don't, you're falling back to your stroke count and knowing exactly where that wall is because he could have went head first in the wall. Mm-hmm. But he said it was because periodically in practice, his coach would come up and step on his goggles and say, do the set, because this could happen. It, it, it happened that it wasn't his broke goggles. It's just his goggles come off or filled up with water. So he was swimming blind. So he got to revert back to his planning. Yeah. And he knew exactly what his stroke count was to that wall and wound up winning a gold medal blind, basically. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, go ahead and decide. Now, you know, we do it with, you know, this verse talks about, adultery and and opposite sex well we have to do that in that case we have to decide if if we're going into a crowd of people who may not talk like us and act like us how are we going to act when we get in that setting because it's it's so much harder to do the right thing not having planned for it that's that's absolutely right and uh so yeah that's, that's just a Another great verse, Linda. Yeah, Matthew twenty four thirteen says, But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And of course enduring is a big running word. So mm-hmm. uh pretty uh, self explanatory. Yeah, yeah. It's hard when the path is rough though, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh and I'll tell you what's hard is when 
you're trying to run this sub five minute mile and it's all you can do to try to run that sub five minute mile and you got this young guy that's running away from you in front of you that <laughs> makes it look like he's jogging and he's talking and yelling at you and yeah. uh, my, have, how have the roles reversed yes they have because i'm sure there was a time not too many years ago where you were doing the same thing to him that's exactly right and he was like dean i can't and you're saying yes you can yep so yep. Yep. It's funny how roles reverse. It is, and it's cool. It's really cool. It's it's neat to be a part of. I remember that first day that Lane beat me in a race, and uh, and I think people. I don't know if people expected me to be a little frustrated by that, or or what people thought that I would I would feel about that. I was so stinking proud that day. I actually I, got a picture of it. I knew I had run as hard as I could run. And I could not beat him that day. There was no way I could have beat him that day. And I was so proud of him. Was he, what, so, 14, maybe 15, 14, 15? I'm not sure. Something like that. But, yeah, I've got a picture where you just, you're bear hugging it. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. people would think, well, you thought he would have been a little upset that he got beat by this young guy. But you're the one that caused him to be where he's at, you know, for yeah. in a lot of ways in, in his running. And so, yeah, it's a proud moment when – I say this a lot. It's a proud moment when you see your kids or those that you've poured into doing things that you can't do. Yeah. That's a very proud moment. It's yeah. it's it's sad in some ways, you yeah. know, because you know, I, I still don't know how I'm going to deal with Holly and I are going to deal with being, you know, empty nesters. Uh, yeah. That's going to be rough. We won't <laughs> even get into that. But, yeah, it's, it's a great feeling. Uh, well, Linda has a few questions here. What are some things in life you struggle to keep up with? Not eating tacos. <laughs> so, so you don't want to eat tacos? Well, or tacos bad? You or? know, I have this neighbor who we won't say his name, Dean Stamper. <laughs> Dean is like a five-star chef. You've eaten some of Dean's cooking before. Yeah. Well, I have to live next door to this guy. Dean, not only is he like a five-star chef, Dean has a big family. He has uh, four kids right now, another one on the way. And so when he cooks, he cooks enormous amounts of food, so much that he realizes once he's cooking it, oh, we can never eat all this. So what does he do? He calls the neighbor. And I don't want to hurt Dean's feelings. Of course not. Of course not. So (laughs) I go over there. So I've been really trying to be good in my eating, and what – what Dean cooks is not necessarily bad, but he cooks a lot of it. Yeah. And he's like, get more. There's plenty, you know. And and so I struggle with that. Last night we had tacos. And it's like, where does this guy come up with these recipes? And, you know, he's one of those that he can just say, oh, I'll whip this up. And you're like, really? And you're like, you just whip this up? Just whip this up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been trying to eat better ever since Spider. Yeah. Um and it's not Dean's fault. It's it's my own lack of uh, mental fortitude when he lays down whatever he lays down in front of us, and I just want to eat too much of it. So yeah, <laughs> I struggle with that. I struggle with my uh, eating sometimes. Well, Dean and Alyssa are so um, they're so giving and so joyful yeah. in, in in when they and so that you just I don't know what it is. You just you have to you have to you have to eat more because you feel like it makes them happy. So he bought, I mean, I'm going to give you an example of what he does. The other night we went over there, and usually if I cook steaks, I cook me a steak, I cook Holly a steak and our two kids or whoever's with us, I cook just enough steaks because steaks are expensive. Yeah. Well, Dean bought a whole um, 
beef tenderloin, which is filet. He bought a whole one, and he cut it up into steaks, and every one was cooked to perfection. But I get done with my steak, and he's like, go get you another one. There's plenty in there. I'm like, who who cooks too many steaks? Well, Dean does. So guess what I had to do? I love steak. I love filet. I loved how they were cooked, so I went and had two filets, which was not the right thing to do, but I did it, so... Thanks, Dean. Uh, well, you know what I think is interesting is in today's world, everything is instant. Everything is so quick. Right. So it's it should be easier for us to keep up with things because you can do things so quickly now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's so many more things. Right. So um, and then I, I was thinking about this from the from a covid standpoint. It has brought along so many more things. Mm-hmm. I got to remember my mask. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we got out of the car just a little while ago. And you're like, ah. Forgot my mask. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things to have to to work on. I, I was thinking about the cross country teams, and we got normally there's a meet. We have our first meet, and normally that meet has a, a set of normal instructions. Well, mm-hmm. the instructions this time are like four times as much yeah. because there's all these rules about what we can do, can't do, where we can stand, where we can't stand, whether we have to wear a mask, don't have to wear a mask. There's all these rules, and so it just seems like the further down the road we go in time the mm-hmm. more things pile up that we have to keep in mind and we have to remember. Sure. I mean, I, I think when you said that, I think about, you know, my background is in real estate. And I can remember my dad talking about when when he would go to a closing to sell a house back in the early 80s, you would go and there was two sheets of paper to sign. You had a deed, you know, and if you were getting a loan, there was a security deed. That was basically the only two pieces of paper you signed. And when I got into the business you know, 20 plus years ago now, there wasn't two sheets, but there was 15 sheets of paper that you signed. You had some affidavits and things like that. Would well, now you go to a, a, a real estate closing and it's it's an hour yeah. of signing your name and it's it's a paper for this and a paper for that and a paper that you'll come back and make things right if they mess this paper up and, and one on top of that and it's your hand gets tired. Just Society has hand. gotten co- so complicated, and maybe it's because it's so litigious nowadays. I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've we've gotten pretty complex, and it is hard to keep up, which makes the strikeout list even, makes even more necessary. Yeah. 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 Do you think God intended us to be as busy as we are? No. I think, But I think society says – this is the trap we fall into. Society says – you're not productive if you're not busy. Yeah. And that's sad. That is. And that's something I have to fight a lot because I'm a busy body. And slowing down or stopping is, is hard for me to do, but it's necessary. You know, I was listening to a podcast on the way up here on the way to get you, and it was talking about the importance of rest and sleep and having nothing to do. When is the last time you can think back to a day where you had nothing on the schedule? Yeah. And those are few and far between and and we I think for me I cherish them when they come up now. Yeah. And you know, usually I'll find something to do, but it's not something that was planned. And that's there's a lot of joy in in spontaneity and because our lives are so regimented and planned and uh yeah. but don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into the trap that if you don't have anything to do that you're not being productive because that's what society will tell us. Yeah, and I think it depends on what you're doing, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're doing some things that 
bring honor and glory to Christ, I think it's okay to be busy. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> you know? absolutely. So, but but you know, there is a time for rest. There is, and I'm not clear. good with that. Yeah, yeah the Bible is very clear about it. Yep. You know, God set aside a whole day for it. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I, I could work on that more. Yeah. I could eat less tacos and work on <laughs> work on just having nothing to do because that gives you time. You know, one of our worst enemies nowadays is filling our schedules up. That's what is the number one reason you hear for people not reading their Bible or going for a run? Time. I don't have time. Yep. And so there's a time where we need to just clear our schedules. Yeah. Uh, because that gives us time to meditate on God's Word, to pray, to reconnect with family. You know, yeah. all the really important things that the Bible talks about, we can do in those times. Yeah, absolutely. Another question, what can you do when you fall behind so that you don't lose hope and give up? And I thought about this Martin Luther quote. Um, He said one day, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Mm -hmm. We often think about when we're busy that I've got to cut my prayer time back because I've got to get these things done. When Martin Luther was thinking in a completely opposite direction of I've got all these things to do, that means I need to spend more time in prayer seeking his guidance and his help in those things, which is an interesting Well, I mean, the Bible's clear that we're to give out of a deficit, not of an abundance. Yeah. You know, that's that's not just talking about tithing. That's talking about with our time and our talents and everything. You know, the Bible, the whole Old Testament is talks about the first fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that that is important to God, that we give him our first we give him our best. We don't give him what's left over at the end of the day, or we don't give him what's left over of our paycheck. We give him the first. And that's why this the quote from Martin Luther is, is great, because he hits that head on. Yeah. The, the, the busier our schedules are, means the more time we need to dedicate to being with God and his word. Yeah, amen, amen. Last question, are you living your life, or are you trying to live someone else's life? That's a tough question because we have we do we have got a lot of, of obligations to mm-hmm. others, and and I think about it in this context because the Bible doesn't tell us to live somebody else's life, mm-hmm. but it tells us to live for others mm-hmm. and put others first. Mm-hmm. So that's a tough line, isn't it? It is, and I think this is one area, one of the few areas that I don't struggle with. Um, I think I'm, you're right. I'm pretty independent, and I don't really care what yep. the other guy's doing. I'm going to do what I'm doing. But I can even fall into this trap. You know, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy that when compression socks first came out and they were the white pantyhose looking one, I, I would wear them to town because they worked. But my m- wife was mortified because what are other people going to think? You know, Holly. Holly's the counter to me. Yeah, I don't typically care what other people think, and that may sound that sounds horrible saying it, but my wife is the opposite. She really cares what other people think, and so that's why she's good for me. But even I fall into it. You know, just recently, I've I've told you I, I deleted Facebook off of my phone. Yeah, and I'm not saying that you're bad if you have Facebook on your phone. That's not at all what I'm saying. It was bad for me. Yeah, because I would find myself just aimlessly scrolling and I caught myself doing that and I got so upset with myself that I I deleted the app. Now I still get on it on my computer 
and when I'm at my desk or things. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is, that is one of the bad things about social media is we find ourselves comparing ourselves to others, trying to live the life of others when we know that it's just the snapshots. We've already talked about that. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of, I love trying new things. Mm-hmm. This whole, this whole diet thing yeah. that, that I've been doing is one thing. That, this was just a, I was going to try it for 30 days. I mean, mm-hmm. that was my, when I do something, you know how I am. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to do it, I'm going a hundred percent on this thing. And that's, so I, I went a hundred percent. I went out, I basically, I didn't throw out the groceries I had, but I went, when those groceries <laughs> were gone, I You're replaced not waste them. that money. I repl- that's right. <laughs> I replaced them with a whole new set of groceries in my refrigerator. Right. Um, I've got a new refrigerator today because of the change in my diet. <laughs> because there was not enough room in my refrigerator because most of what I was eating was not coming from the refrigerator. There wasn't as much fresh food. Yeah. Um, but, but that change um, is something that I do in a lot of ways. In this case, it stuck. But I'm, yeah. I, I'm like you. I would try those socks. But if I didn't feel like they would help, I'd nix them quick. Right. I'm not. Where, whereas other people, I think, will keep those things up because they think it's the cool thing. They're keeping up with the Joneses. They're keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. Which, and yeah. That's I, never been me. No. No. Me neither. Me neither. But I do like to try stuff. So, uh, so I will try stuff. Sure. And see, I'm, I'm, I'm. I wouldn't even say that's me either, because I, you know, my wife and my son Lane has gotten into the. The different coffee he's kind of a coffee junkie now that's where yeah. he's at you know a lot of the professional triathletes they have espresso machines and cappuccino machines and he's i i drink one cup of maxwell house by the way that is the greatest coffee on earth <laughs> i don't care what anybody says it's the cheapest and it's the greatest i drink one cup of maxwell house every day and my son has tried to get me to try this coffee you need to, you need to try this or holly's trying to get me to get this blonde roast and i no i, I like well, my maxwell house. well let me tell you <laughs> let me tell you how anti-mainstream i am okay particularly for living in the southeast um i don't drink coffee yeah that's i just don't wrong. like coffee um never been to oh, well I, I that's not true i went i met somebody at a starbucks one time that's about the only time i've ever been at a starbucks um and when I was at Starbucks, I drank hot tea because I drink hot tea every day. Mm-hmm. Now, in the South, people roll their nose at me when I say I drink hot tea. They're I like, do. Yeah. It's like, uh, tea's supposed to be cold. You're kind of sophisticated. Yeah, iced tea. It's supposed to be iced tea. So, uh, yeah, I've been drinking it since I was like five. Yeah, I so. thought the only people that drank hot tea was like from England and the north. overseas. It's, it's fairly popular up north. I wouldn't say it's popular. Coffee is popular everywhere. Well, coffee is popular everywhere. Yeah, including, that's what you're supposed to drink hot. Yeah, that's what I've heard, <laughs> um, but I'm not following that crowd. So, <laughs> here's the funny story. I got to tell this story. One day, I was fixing coffee for my wife, and I was going to bring it to her in bed. And so, I fixed her coffee, and I filled the cup up a little too high. It was like right at the top, and because that's the way I like my tea. I like my tea to be as close. I want to drink as much as possible. I want to fill it up, maximize my my, my tea so that's why that's what i did with hers what well, was too full i couldn't carry it and so uh, i sipped some off the top and i thought huh this isn't so bad and as i'm walking back there with that coffee in my hand i'm like oh my gosh what is that in my mouth <laughs> the aftertaste just absolutely <laughs> demolished me i was like oh, oh it does linger it does 
It does. So that's, I guess that's, <laughs> that's my, my coffee thing. So, uh, all right. Hey, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're we're going to show a commercial about the Big Share app. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go out there and check out the Big Share app and share your story? Because the the J103, the, the Partners for Christian Media folks, would love to hear your story and share your story with others. So check out the Big Share app. There is power in people's stories. It's a challenging time. What do you do when everything you believe about God is being tested and God doesn't look like the good father that he says he does? You've got layers and layers and layers of hate in your heart. It it takes God to clean it out. Your story can help encourage others around the country, just like these stories have. You can walk through a simple process of sharing your story with the Big Share app. Download the Big Share app in your app store to start sharing hope with others. You know, continuing from Linda's story, uh, you know, life life happens, and, and sometimes we feel like we're along for the ride. Like life just—it's something that happens to us instead of something that we're we're doing. Um, one thing we know as runners is we have to get it done. Um, we have to take control of what we do um, in order to run. Because sometimes, let's face it, if we did what we want to do all the time, we eat tacos. We would eat tacos. <laughs> <laughs> and we wouldn't run as much as we do some because there will be those days where it's just too hard. Right. So, uh, uh, but we have to we have to be engaged in what we're doing, and that goes back to that planning thing. Um, but most importantly, we have to be engaged in what God wants from us, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's something that's a, a good point. Um, and sometimes it's a tough line to walk. It is so. Well, it is time for Dean's Thoughts, and of course, that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith, and this week it is called Just Okay is Not Okay, and you've seen those commercials, and we're going to talk about that, but I thought I had already shared this this uh, story before, uh, and then I realized I don't think I have, so if I have, I apologize for sharing it again, but I don't think I have, so. No, uh, you haven't. So Just Okay is Not Okay. Most people with a pulse have seen the commercials that end in just okay is not okay. They're funny commercials. But like all great comedy, there is a hint of truth to them. It's the fact that they are only a little different from real life that makes them funny. As a coach, I see a lot of athletes settle for being okay. Most athletes will do what I ask and carry out the training and race plans I give them. Many, dare I even say most, will do exactly that, what I ask of them. But the great ones don't stop there. They're working hard when I'm not looking. They're looking for ways to improve incrementally 24 hours a day. It doesn't mean they aren't engaged in everything else they do, but they will kill two birds with one stone when they can. For example, an athlete with a tight quad muscle might position herself throughout the day to get some extra stretching when it's possible. There are a lot of ways to multitask your way to a fitter and faster you. John D. Rockefeller once said, Don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. Although there are times when we can multitask and get things done, there's, there's another level the best athletes visit regularly. They give up small, less significant things to be better at the big things. For example, they may love a television program that comes on at 10 p.m., but they know they have to go to bed by 10 p.m. to get adequate rest. 
The great ones will give up that show. They're giving up the good to go for the opportunity to be great. For them, just okay is not okay. God can fashion ordinary people into people who do great things. He used fishermen and tax collectors to make what became the most important group of men in the history of man. He still takes people today who are regular, everyday Janes and Joes and transforms them into people who do great things. What was Mother Teresa's skill that made her valuable to God? It begs the question, are we settling for just okay in God's kingdom? I know a few people view everything they do through the prism of meeting needs and sharing the gospel with anyone who will listen. They give up a little sleep from time to time. They give up tickets to a ball game because someone has another need. They may be a little late getting to an appointment because someone God put in their path needed to hear the story of Jesus. They don't really watch television because they would rather be on the phone with an elderly person who needs someone to talk to. They give up the good for a chance to be great, not as the world defines great, but as God sees it. I'm oh so guilty of being part of the good when I could be working on what God considers the great. I have a good heart. I want to do good things for people. I want to make an impact for the sake of Christ. But what am I willing to give up to do that? Am I settling for just okay? Do I give up a chance to call someone thousands of miles away who needs to hear the gospel so I can watch another episode of my favorite show? Sadly, the answer is often one I don't want to admit. It's time I start believing just okay is not okay. How about you? Are you settling? Imagine how the world would change if all Christians started believing just okay is not okay. What if we believed, really believed, that the salvation of millions of people rests on our shoulders? And if we don't settle for just okay, we could change the world through Christ. Isn't that what the Bible tells us? Just okay is not okay. Man, that's a great story, Dean. Good job. Well, those those commercials are hilarious. They are. They. You talk. You you mentioned the one about the doctor in here. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I just love that sentiment. That's uh, yeah. That's that's a good one. But you know, your your story is more than great today. It it really struck a, a chord with me because all week, and we haven't even talked about this. All week, I've been thinking about what we talked about last week, or was it the week before? Whatever week it was about. If somebody was in the middle of the road, yeah. would you go push them out with any regard to what might happen to you? And and we said, most people listening, including us, would the answer is yes. And you talk about um, salvations of millions of people rest on our shoulders. And last week, I was out at the cross-country trail, and I was doing some laps, and I got to thinking about a video that I had watched several years prior, and it's where I think I actually got the, or it is where I got the illustration of pushing somebody out of the road. And it was the video of Penn Gillette, mm-hmm. Penn and Teller. I don't know yeah. if you've seen this video. I have. Um, w- when I was doing my, my, my walk last week, I listened to this video five times. Wow. Because what Penn says in there strikes exactly what you're talking about. He's Penn, for those of you who don't know, Penn is an atheist. He's the Penn and Teller, the comedy show that's out, and I think they're in Las Vegas. Uh, pretty um, 
famous guy, you know, big platform. And he posted a video several years back, and, and Penn is an atheist. He's mm-hmm. a self-professed atheist, um, doesn't believe the Bible, doesn't believe there's a God. Uh, he just thinks our existence ends when we die here on earth. And he was telling the story of a, of a guy that came up to him after a show. And the guy was very nice, very cordial. He said he just waited for him to finish talking to who he was talking to, and the, and the gentleman had a Bible. And the guy was very complimentary of Penn, and, and he said, I've got something here I want to give you. And he gave him a, a Gideon Bible, and he, he had something written in it. And this, this gentleman really got to Penn. You could see it in the video mm-hmm. um, that he, he just kept saying that this was a great guy. This was a good guy. And he made two statements that really just convicted me to the core, and it should convict every, it should haunt every one of us. The first thing he said was, um, he doesn't respect Christians who don't proselytize. Proselytize is witnessing. Yeah. That really strikes me right there. That an atheist says he doesn't respect, because in our minds, what I think the devil puts in our minds a lot of times is they don't want to hear it. Yeah. They don't believe, so they don't want to hear it. But Penn is saying the opposite. He's saying he doesn't respect Christians who don't proselytize. And it's because, and this is what he said, how bad do you have to hate me to think that there is any life eternal with the greatest person in the history of the world? How bad do you have to hate me not to tell me that? Yeah. And... He went on to say, I still don't believe that he said this was a good man. And I, you can see it in his body language that God was working on his heart. I don't know today where Penn is, but I know that, that the gentleman doing that, I know all the things he had to be thinking, the guy that gave him the Bible. He was thinking, what is this going to cost me? You know, that's, a lot of times that's what the devil puts on us is that you, you don't need to go tell that person because it might cost you this and we often we we do settle for things here on earth because we're worried about what it's going to cost us what people are going to think and this is the same thing we talked about last week but and we'll put a link to this video Uh, we actually showed this video in our church i sent it to our pastor and and it was he used it as an illustration to our entire church of we're going to show a video of an atheist and and, you know everybody's like you can't do that in the church but It's the greatest sermon that you can hear on why we should lead, tell, tell other people about the love of Christ. Because here you have an atheist saying, I don't respect you. Yeah. If you think you have, and we know that we have, the keys to eternal life in heaven with the God who created us, he doesn't respect you if you're not going to be willing to come up and tell him that. So... It goes along with your story, and I just I had to bring that up. Yeah, for those of you out there who sometimes, because I think sometimes we think that biblical stories don't happen today, because we see these these flawed people who are used in mighty ways throughout history and and through biblical stories, um, and in some in some cases they were not believers, and in this case, in you, many cases, yes, they weren't believers. in this case you have a real life current day modern day 
representation of a guy being used clearly. You can't tell me that that Pendulette in that video is not being used by God. I sure, mean, he it is. is absolutely one hundred percent clear, and. Um, you can see amazing. it on his face. You can see yes, you he can. he did this video. It's it's not like a well produced video. He's holding his phone. His hair's a mess. He's got glasses on. It almost looks like he may have been in the bed or lounging around his house. But yet, something made him mm-hmm. pick his phone up and talk about a guy who gave him a Bible. Now. Why else would an atheist do that? God was behind that. Yeah. God was behind that video. Yeah. And one of the most powerful videos I've ever seen on the reason that we need to share the gospel urgently came from an atheist. Yeah. So yeah. God, there again, God works all things for his good. And, and I encourage you to watch that video. We'll put it in the comments. I think we can put it in the comments on the my podcast yeah. thing. We'll put a link to it. Um, but I, I urge you to go watch that video because it, it, it'll change you to change your outlook on from an atheist standpoint, why yeah. we do need to go tell them about Christ. It absolutely will. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. So you too can become a Run For God coach. If you're not already doing that, go check it out and become a Run For God coach today. It'll change your life, just like Mitchell always says. Uh, So make sure that you do that. For those of you who were talking about this podcast being longer, they got got their wish. Wish has been granted. (laughs) This one is our longest one to date, and so and uh, we didn't even plan that when we came in here. We did not, Uh, but sometimes things just happen. I'm sure it's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. Yeah, there are no coincidences. (laughs) Uh, So um, we talk every week about why running is so awesome, and so this week. Um, here's what I here, here's my my thoughts. Um, although it adds complexity to life, it also gives us time to be calm and to think. Um, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about being t- spending time in prayer and with God during mm-hmm. runs. We talked about being still and just a, few, a little bit ago, mm-hmm. and this goes right along with that. In that running gives us a time to be alone and for at least our mind to be to be not on anything else. To, to, where we can really kind of kind of just blank out, yeah, and meditate on Him and yeah. think about Him. And although you can't really can't, you can't open a Bible necessarily, and and you, I guess you could listen to a Bible app or whatever you wanted to, um, but oftentimes He just tells us to be still and listen for Him, um, and and that's a, a good time to do that. Even though we're not quite being still, 
we can still our mind. And mm-hmm. I think that's really what he's talking about. So, uh, so yeah, it's also a good time to, you know, you can catch up on news and, and podcasts are becoming more and more popular. And uh, you may be listening to this podcast while you're running. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, And if you are, pick up the pace a little bit. Yeah. yeah good <laughs> heavens. What are you dragging for? Uh, <laughs> Just make sure, we just have to make sure that whatever we listen to, it's edifying, that it's it's good stuff, sure. and that it's uh, contributing to our well-being. But it's a great it's a great way to use running, um, because sometimes, you know, there's a, a few podcasts that I listen to, and I, it's easier for me to get out the door, because I know I'm going to listen to a podcast while I'm out there, mm-hmm. and I know I want to listen to it, and I've got several podcasts I try to keep up with, and I can't quite keep pace with all the ones I want to listen to. And so that's always extra time I get to do that. Yeah. So. And, and we need to let people know, too, that this podcast is the very tip of the iceberg. Yes. Of what Run Club is all about. You know, we've had a flurry of um, people buy the instructor's kits. They're going to teach the 5K Challenge class. And they're, they're coming as a result of this podcast. People are listening to it. But one thing I'm noticing is that they're not Run Club members. When they buy it, because I, I'm seeing how much they're paying for the 5K Challenge kit. If you're a member of Run Club, you get a humongous discount on that 5K Challenge. Yeah. So if, if you want to teach the 5K Challenge, join Run Club and you get huge discounts. You get the discounts. You get the training plans. You get access to Dean. You get Thursday Night Live. You get the community of hundreds of people now who are part of this Run Club. I mean, the to me... The $9.97 a month or the $0.27 cents a day for a year subscription is worth it if it would just got me access to the Run Club Facebook group. Because that's, yeah. that's got to be one of the most active groups that I've ever seen yeah. and most edifying and encouraging groups because people are on there nonstop. We had a lady, and it's not all running. We had a lady who was in Louisiana, and she she came on and asked prayer because she, She's evidently in the path of the the storm that's coming through as we're yeah as we're recording this right now, and so it's a place where you can um, reach out for prayer, encourage others, get running tips. I mean, it's it's worth it for that group alone, yeah. plus all the other stuff that comes along with it. So go go visit Run for God Run Club dot com and check out Run Club. You'll yeah. be glad you did. You will. You will. Um, and we're so glad to be growing um, and adding folks to the run club ranks all the time. We want to be the largest running club in America, and I think we'll get there. We need, yep, yep, yep. Motivational thought of the week, and this is a, a, attributed to no one, um, but I've, <laughs> I've, I've, it's, it's an anonymous thing. But uh, it's funny how these anonymous quotes. Does that mean you can take ownership of it? I think it does. It's anonymous. Yes. Yeah, so today, Dean said this. Yeah, You're going to say it. I'm going to say it. Uh, and that quote is, sometimes later becomes never. Right. We, we tend to put things off and um, say, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. And um, I've seen athletes who do that. Uh, cross-country season happens as soon as school starts back. And so summer training is critical to being successful in cross-country. And if you don't do your summer training, you will not have a great cross-country season, typically. Sure. Um, and I see that every year. There's at least one out there 
who, who in their heart, they want to do well. They really want to run well, and they just, it's like, I'll, I'll start back tomorrow. You got that side, and then you got the planner side. You know, Lane and I were having a conversation just this morning. Um, Lane is going into a senior year, and he's going to be doing a work release, and he's going to be doing some work for Run for God, and he's going to be kind of helping out in our sponsorship department. And uh, so we've we've kind of given Lane a, a to-do list. This is what you're going to do on a daily basis. And and I asked him about it this morning. He starts school back next week, and he's he's going to be meeting with some people. And I said, have you gotten any of those meetings set up yet? Well, I'm still planning. I'm working on my spreadsheet. And he, he's been doing this for weeks now. <laughs> and I said, Lane, I said, some people have the problem of they say, ready, aim, 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 <laughs> aim, aim, and they never fire. I said, fire. I said, you'll learn more from one meeting than you will, because he's watching videos on how to do this and yeah. and getting a spreadsheet. He's a planner like me. Yeah. But so many times that sometimes becomes never because we just plan too much. Yeah. We plan and plan and plan, and God calls us to execute. And uh, so, yeah. That's true. Great quote, Dean. Sometimes yeah. later becomes never. I'm, I'm glad you come up with that quote. Yeah, <laughs> for today. Yeah, I, I think about uh, striking while the iron's hot. Sometimes I mentioned that I don't know if I I don't know if I mentioned this at any point, but the, that five minute mile attempt kind of came out of the blue in mm-hmm. some ways. It's mm-hmm. been something I've been wanting to do, but what happened was I found myself through various circumstances having kind of a down week, a week where I didn't run many miles, and so my body was a little more rested than normal. Mm -hmm. And so my thought was, okay, this might be a good time to go ahead and try it. And so I just kind of said, okay, let's let's do it now while I've got the time, while my body seems to be ready for it. And um, But a lot of times what we do is we go, well, I didn't really plan it far enough ahead of time. Or, you know, various excuses for not doing it now um strike while the iron's hot sure and then the question is is god telling you to do something right um not necessarily even from a running standpoint but oftentimes you know god is telling you to go talk to that person mm-hmm. maybe god is telling you to share a bible with Pendulette or someone like him um that's you know whenever whenever he's telling us that stuff he doesn't want us to keep putting it off I think he's telling us because he wants us to do it now. And he'll only tell us so many times. Yeah. And he'll go get somebody else. Yeah. And how bad is that going to be when we get to heaven? Because and, and, we'll, we're going to have to give an account Yeah. of all these things. And how bad is it going to be? I, I, I use emotions like how bad is it going to feel. I don't, I don't know how we're going to feel. But from an earthly standpoint, how bad is it going to feel to see all those opportunities that we missed? Yeah. And uh, I don't. I don't, I don't want to see that. Nope. And uh, so, yeah, good, good word. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, again, just like Mitchell just um, iterated, and I will reiterate, join Run Club. Um, it's, a, it's a great value. It's a good thing to be a part of. Uh, we're, we're trying to do two things. We're trying to motivate you to become the runner you want to be. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the the whether you're want to want to be an athlete or you want just want to be motivated to get out there every day or every other day or however many times, or if you uh, just want to walk, if you want to walk, we want to get you active. We've got a number of those folks as well that are that are part of us, and uh, walkers are great. Um, so be be a part of Run Club, and you won't regret it. Give it at least give it a try and see, mm-hmm. and I think you'll find that. So. Also, go out there and give us five-star reviews on the, on the podcast, on the videos, um, all of those areas on our, our Facebook pages, um, anywhere where you can give us those reviews. It helps us. It helps us to get recognized so mm-hmm. that more people out there see what Run Club is about. I don't think many people understand, and the reason I put that on the, the group page the other day is because I was reading up on you know, how Apple and other podcast platforms you know, pop-ups, we all know that Apple and Facebook, they all know what you like. Mm-hmm. You know, they know everything about us even before we even know it nowadays. <laughs> but they know what you like. And the more people who give us a five-star review, or we're not asking you to give us a five-star review. We're asking you to give us an honest review. Um, but the more people who comment and, and give feedback on your podcast and give you those reviews – the more likely it is for other people who may just be interested in running and they may be lost, the more likely it is for those people to find our podcast. So it it does make a difference and it is important. Dean says it every week, but that's the reason it's important is because their algorithms will put it in front of people that we want it put in front of. We get the word of Christ out to more people and it makes makes an impact. So... Go out there and do all of that. Now, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.